feet to the top of his head, Father Lord. <laughs> you know, sometimes we don't call upon the name of the Lord until we're in trouble, don't we? You know, so here this morning, I'm Paul, when he wrote uh, the, the church at Corinth, there's so much, so much uh, problem in the church. There's so much going. One of the uh, biggest problems in the, in the church of Corinth, at Corinth was uh, division within the church. There's, uh, there were also the misuse of the, commun- the Lord's suppers. And one of the, the, the problems that the, the church in Corinth had was uh, there were people who were questioning the resurrection, if there was a resurrection. So we're going to be talking about that this morning. We're gonna, Paul is going to take us down this road from, in chapter 15. He's going to address this issue. This is one of the biggest issues because Paul is going to tell, tell us that without the resurrection, what are we doing here? You know, that's what, exactly what he's saying. What are we doing? There's no reason for us because the resurrection of, of Jesus, that's our hope. If Jesus just died and never came back to life, guess what? You and I have no hope. So he's going to address that. So we're going to go through this. I know it's going to dis- uh, uh, disruption from our normal in Book of Romans, but you know this is something that the Lord put in. You know the Lord, like I said, prepare in one in season and out of season. So go with me in the Book of First uh, Corinthians, First um, Corinthians chapter fifteen. Paul is writing to the to the church in, here in Corinth. Let me get there. Paul is writing to the church of Corinth because there were division within the church about if the people were questioning if there's a resurrection of, of the uh, of of the dead. You know, do we come back to life? And Paul now here is going to take us. So I'm going to walk you through this. This, I, you notice I have, no, I have no notes. I'm going to depend upon the Lord. You know, so here we are. Praise the Lord. It says, verse 1, it says, Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel that I preached to you, which you have received, on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved if you hold firmly to the to the words I preach to you, otherwise you have, you have believed in vain. First things that we noticed that Paul did here was what? Remind them of the gospel that he preached to them. That's the first thing. He reminded them. So I, Paul is saying, this is the gospel I, I brought to you. And this is what I preach. You know, so he's reminding them, if you, if you believe what I brought to you as as the word of God, then you would have no problem in anything else. So Paul just reminding the, the, the church here what he did is to bring and look at with me and verse, can you, can you preach? Oh, you, are, you have it on the screen. Look with me at verse uh, 3. It says, for what I receive, I pass on to you as, as of first importance. That Christ died for our sins according to what? To according to the scriptures. Here's very important. The, the points I want to make here with you this morning is that it's not according to me. It's not according to Sam. It's according to Paul. Is always uh, pointing to the scriptures. You're, when you when you 
are confronted by a non-believer or anyone else, you take them to what? To the Word of God. So that's the first thing. Don't waste your time arguing over things that, you know, it's just saying, hey, this is not what Sam said. This is what the Word of God says. When I share the, the gospel with people, I would tell them, well, Jesus says, I'm, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And, and they're looking at me, you Christians are so narrow-minded. You know, you think there's only one way to God said, your beef is not with me. Your beef is with, with what the Word of God says. This is what the Word of God, and that's exactly what, what Paul is saying to, to these uh, believers here. He says, look with me again at verse 3. For I have received, I pass on to you as first importance. So the question is, when did Paul receive the Word of God? When did Paul, if you... Uh, if you remember back in the book of Acts, uh, this is referenced back in the book of Acts uh, when Paul, uh, uh, chapter 9, when Paul was persecuting the church on his way to Damascus to go uh, to the high priest to, uh, to uh, um, bring letters to, so he can arrest anyone that, that are in the way. But that's the way uh, the Christians were called, was called the way. That was before they became called Christians. So anyway, so Paul was on his way to, in the road of Damascus to go achieve, uh, get letters from the high priest to arrest anyone that belongs to the way, belongs to Jesus Christ. What happened? He had an, an encounter with, uh, with, with, the Lord, with the Lord Jesus. He says, Paul, Paul, why are you persecuting me? Why are you, that's what he's referring to. He's referring that, you know, that, uh, that the direct revelation was from Jesus Christ. He gave them. He didn't go to, uh, because he didn't know about Christianity. He didn't know anything about Christianity. But that's the, what Paul is referring to, his encounter with, with Jesus on the, on the road to Damascus. And that's where he got this. Uh, here, let's move on. It says, uh, and for Christ had died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, verse 4, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day, according, also according to the Scriptures, and, on, and that he appeared to Cephas, which is Peter, and, on the, and then on the 12th, it says, if you recall back in, the, in John chapter 20, where Jesus, when he first resurrected from the dead, the, the disciples uh, the disciples upper up in the upper room and Jesus just walked right in. You know the door is the Bible says reference to John chapter twenty. If you want to go back and check that, I'm not just saying something because Sam wants to say something to you this morning, but that's what the scripture says. So anyway, the disciples were afraid. They were up there in this upstairs room. It's, um, uh, they were having uh, communion. And Jesus does walk right in, in, in there. And that's what Paul is referring to. He appeared to Peter and then also the disciples there. So that's the first appearance to, to, uh, you know, of the resurrection when he came back from the dead. Remember, remember Thomas. We call him Towering, uh, Downing Thomas. He wasn't there. So when he, the disciple told us, hey, we, Jesus appeared to us. And what did Thomas say? Unless I put my... My, my finger in a, uh, in a, you know, as if on a nail mark on his hand and put on, 
my hand on his side, he would what? I would not believe. What did Jesus say? Ten, I mean, eight days later, guess what? Thomas was there and Jesus showed up. Hello, boys, I'm here again. And Thomas was there. What did Jesus say? He called out Thomas. Say, Thomas, come on up here. Come here. Come look at my, look at my, my, my hands and look. Come put your finger on my side. You know, what did Jesus say after that? Blessed are the one have not seen, but yet what? But yet believe. That's what faith does. That's what faith does. That faith, we don't have. The Bible says that faith comes by what? By hearing and hearing of the word of God. That's what Paul did. When he preached the word, that's, you know, the, the word would spread itself. The word is like, a, uh, the scriptures is like a lion in a jungle. Where does a lion sleep? Anywhere he wants to. <laughs> Anywhere he wants to. You know. That's what the word of God says. It says, verse 5, and then he appeared to Cephas, and then he then to the 12. Also that he appeared to more than 500. He's giving the list of the witness that, uh, that witness is, uh, is resurrected. This is, is, is so important because when, when you go to court, what? They're going to call the witness. They'll say, okay, Wendy, did you see the accident? Say, no, I heard, uh, I heard Rudy said. I heard Rudy, Rudy told me about the accident. See, they, what they want to see in court, they want to see the eyewitnesses. And that's what exactly what Paul addressed here. He's going through all the lists of all the eyewitnesses that saw Jesus. Because, you know, that's more credible than anything. You know, in, if you told somebody, say, well, somebody and somebody and somebody and somebody, that's usually it's not, uh, it's not relevant in the court. But that's what Paul is establishing here in, in, in this verse here. It said, And he appeared to James, uh, 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 then to all apostles, and less of all, he appeared to me also to, to the one abnormally born. Abnormally born here. Why did he mention James? Remember, the James that is mentioned here is Jesus' half-brother, James. His half-brother, remember the Bible says that his brothers and his sisters, Mary, had other, Mary and Joseph had other kids. You know, James here is half-brother that wrote the book of James. This is the James that Paul is talking about. It's important. He brought it up for a reason, because at first James did, was not a believer in Jesus until after the resurrection. See, so that's why Paul, I believe that Paul mentioned James here. The reference to that is Matthew 13, 55, uh, if you want to look it up later. I always want to give, give people scripture so that way I'm not saying just quoting things. And, you know, I always give, so that's reference to um, Matthew 13, 55, and also John 7, 5. You know, that even James, his own brother, didn't believe. But look what happened. He ended up believing and he wrote the book of James. His other, Jesus' other brother is what? Jude. Jude, who wrote the book of Jude. So those are two half-brothers. So for reference, Jesus, and, I mean, Mary and Joseph have other kids other than some people believe that they only have. So, you know, they had more than uh, 
then, then uh, warn brothers, and, and they also, Jesus has also have brothers and sisters in Christ. And Paul says, he also appears to me. In reference to, back to, back to uh, the book of Acts, uh, chapter 9. You know, that's what Paul is talking about here. Because it's important, like I said, it's important to, it's important to establish the witness here. Okay, and it says, verse 9 said, By grace of God I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them. Yet not I, but the grace of God, of God that which was with me. Whether then it is I or they, this is what we preach. This is what you believe. Here's, now look with me, verse, verse 12 here says, But if it is if preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. If Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. Uh, so is your faith. So here, Paul now is addressing head-on the, the, the reason why is the importance of the resurrection. Paul is saying, if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ is raised from the dead. And if Christ is not raised from the dead, and our preaching is what? It's useless, and so do your faith is what? Your faith is in vain. That's why you and me are here this morning. Why? Because we have a risen Savior. Amen? We have a risen Savior that is in heaven right now. It says that he's interceding for you and me. He's at the right hand of the Father interceding, interceding for you and me that one day, one day you and me will see our Savior there. You know, I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to that day. You know, I want to see my resurrection body. I want to see my fro back. And so that's the first thing I'll ask the Lord. Lord, can I have my fro back? You know, I'll, 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 ask, uh, I'll, give, I'll ask the Lord for a blonde fro for my brother Mike back there. <laughs> So it says uh, in verse, four, verse 14, it, it, And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. More than that, we are then found to be false witness about God, for we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But if he did not raise him, if in fact that the dead are not raised, for if the dead are not raised, then Christ himself has not been raised either. Verse 17. If, and if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, so are, uh, you are still in your sins. So Paul is saying here, if Christ is not been raised, you and I are in big, big trouble. You know, because you are still in your sin. You know, you still, I'm still Sam. I'll just die and, and just, you know, going nowhere. You just die. Because why? Because our hope is in Christ Jesus. You know, the, the Bible says that death could not conquer him. You know, that's why he's, the Bible says he was in, what, in the heart of the earth three days and three nights. As Jonah was in the valley of the fish, 
three days and three nights. So what? So what? The Son of God was in the, in the heart of the earth three days and three nights. You know, so the, the, on the resurrection, that is our hope. That is the foundations of our faith that we cannot be, we will not be able to be in here and, and talk about the Bible or talk about Jesus unless we know that he rose from the dead. That's the most important of, of all everything. So look with me at verse, again at verse uh, 17. If Christ has not been raised, your faith is, your faith is futile, you are still in your sins. Verse 18, then those, then those also who have fallen asleep, those who, meaning falling asleep is a term that I use for believers. It's falling asleep, meaning that they already die uh, uh, in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are all, we of all people must be most pity. And Paul's saying, Paul is saying, if, if only this life we have hope in Christ, pity on us. You know, what hope is that? You know, that's what, what Paul is saying to us. We have no hope. If that's the only hope that we have is what we see with our eyes. You know, here's the Bible says in 2 Corinthians uh, 4.18, we put our hope not on the things we see, but we put our hope on the things we don't see. Because the things that we see is only temporary. But the things that we do not, we do not see are eternal. So that's our hope is that one, we put our faith in Jesus because Jesus is eternal. He lives on it through eternity. So you and I have hope beyond the grave. You know, I always tell people when I preach at a funeral, it says that when a person dies, life just begun. It's just the beginning of life. It's not, it's not the end. I know people don't want to hear that, but it's the, that's what the Bible says. You know, that's why uh, Paul says in uh, Philippians 1.21, says to live is Christ and to die is what? It's gain. To, when you, as a believer... When we live on this earth, we live our life for, for who? For Christ. That's what he says. To live is Christ and to die is gain. When we live, we live our life for, for the Lord. But when we die, guess what? We live on forever. Wow. What a, I don't know about you, but I would say, wow, wow, wow <laughs> on that one. I'll flip it around and call my mom. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Anyway. And say that those who also, verse 18, and those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. It said, Paul saying, then if, that, if Christ never rose from the dead, then the people that already died, they're lost, they're gone. Verse 19, if only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are all of all people most be pitied. But, verse, verse 20, but Christ has indeed had been raised. Uh, from the dead, the first fruit of those who are, have fallen asleep. When they're speaking out the first fruit, is referenced in the Old Testament. The first fruit is the reference to the, the harvest in the Old Testament. When, they first, uh, when the farmers first harvest, uh, the first fruit would always go to the Lord. Always go to the Lord. So the point that Paul is saying that when he used the term first fruit is that Jesus was the first one who rose from the dead, you know, uh, first uh, rose from the dead, 
Even though if you guys remember back in uh, back of John uh, chapter 11 when Jesus uh, raised Lazarus, remember he came back from dead? Uh, Lazarus came back from the dead, but guess what? Lazarus died again. But Jesus, we used, Paul used this term, the first fruit, because Jesus was the first one who rose from the dead and never died again. He's at the right hand of the Father. Lazarus died again, you know, it was because we, the Bible says that in, uh, in Hebrews 9.27, we destined for all men to die once, then face judgment. So for us, we have hope beyond the grave. That's what Paul used the term, the first fruit here, uh, a reference back in the Old Testament as far as the harvest concerns. Look, uh, look with me, verse uh, 21. For since death came through a man, speaking of who? Speaking of Adam. Speaking of Adam. Adam. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. First, death came through Adam, remember? goes back to the beginning. In Genesis uh, 3.17, when, when Paul, when, I mean, when, uh, when a command was given to Adam, if you are free to eat from all, every tree, except what? One tree. What tree is that? The forbidden tree. So the, what, did, what, did, what did God told Adam? The day that you would eat from that fruit, you will surely die. So we all die, why? Because of the penalty of Adam's sin. That's what Paul is referring to. It says, it says through, through a man, the rest, uh, uh, for since death came through a man, referring to Adam, the resurrection of the dead comes also through, through a man, referring to Jesus as, as the Son of God. So we are on one side, we have death, and on the other side, we have life through Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, Romans 6.23 says that the, the wages of sin is what? Is death, but the gift of God is what? Eternal life through Jesus Christ. See, you see one side, death. Uh, Adam represents the, the sin and represents death. On the other side, Jesus represents what? Life represent life. The resurrection of Jesus represent life. We have, now we have hope because of what Jesus did. We're almost done here because we have communion coming up. So bear with me a little bit here. Verse 22, For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. Uh, made alive. So I want to close with this here. The question is to you, Spiritually, are you alive? That's the question I have for you this morning. Are you sure that one day that you're going to be with Jesus in heaven? You know, that's the question I have for you this morning. The only way that, the only way that you, are, you have life is through Jesus Christ. Romans 5, uh, we're, remember we're currently in the book of Romans 5. Uh, five uh, one says that uh, through Christ we have been justified through Christ. I mean through faith through Christ. Now we have peace with God, you know, through uh, with God through Jesus Christ. So in other words, justification. We we have been justified. The word just, justification meaning to declare righteous. In other words, the only way that you're gonna make it to heaven 
is having a personal relationship with Jesus. This is what the Bible says. Romans, Romans 10, uh, 9, it says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God had raised him from the dead, raised him, remember the resurrection, raised him from the dead, you, what, you, you will be saved. That's the question I have for you this morning. Would you, if something were, God forbid something would happen to you this morning, the question to you, will you be in heaven? Will you be in heaven? That's the question, but that's also a choice for you and for me to make. You know, and I hope that all of us are here is saved because Paul used the, used the word saved. Saved from what? That's another question. Well, the Bible speaks of two places. One is called hell. No one wants to talk about it, you know, but then there's also a place called heaven. So you have, a, there's someone says that when you make reservation at a hotel, you call in a reservation, the, uh, the, the front desk will ask you, so do you want smoke or non-smoke? <laughs> you know, the, the question is, when you, are you, did you make your reservation? You know, is it your reservation is smoking or not smoking? That's the question I have for you. We jokingly talk about that, but that's reality. So I want to close with this. We're going to take communion this morning. You know, just communion, uh, uh, communion is only for believers. Why? Because Jesus says, do this in what? In remembering of what? Of me. So you can't remember Jesus if you don't have a personal relationship with him. That's what communion is about. You know, so we're going to take communion this morning. Let's, uh, I'm going to close with that this morning. Then I'll have, ask the, the communion people to come up here and help.